Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here is part two of our delightful chat with Paris Lees. Um, if you haven't heard part one yet, a little reminder, you can listen to it now. It's available at the same time. So go and have a listen and then come back here. Here is Paris Lees. Can I talk to you about the article that you wrote? The title was... Um, the Life-Changing Power of Going Mad. That's oh, it, yeah. which is a very playful title. And you write so playfully, but you talk so beautifully about things that people just won't talk about and feel they can't talk about Mm. and what compelled you to write that article well I'd had the idea at the back of my mind for a while because basically my my columns are about things that have made my life better in some way you know Mm. so I think sometimes we see sort of like self-help as that being like a wishy-washy sort of thing but it's like I'm in a completely different place than I was 10 years ago and I've really 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 struggled in my life and I've been desperately unhappy and felt like I didn't want to live I've had days where I don't want to get up in the morning you know Mm. and I've always been of the opinion is there's always something that you can do to make yourself feel a bit better you may not be exactly where you want to be you know but there's always something that can can just shift you one step forward and Mm -hmm. actually I'm in a very good place and I'm actually very privileged and have a very good life and so that's what what my my columns are about and so I knew I had to talk about therapy because how could I not talk about something that has had such a profound impact on my happiness? And I just come at this from the perspective that life is really tough for Mm. everybody. I don't know about you, but I just feel like everybody is like one catastrophe away from a complete mental breakdown. Maybe that's just me. Maybe Hanging by a thread, baby. Totally. Right, you know, and, and I, I think, think that's a really good place to be to, to understand that that could, you know, whatever you've happened, you're either that could happen or it could happen again. And to, right. and to, and to do exactly what you say to kind of um, enjoy them where you are and to be vigilant about it as well. So any anything that I, like I, I have been desperately all my life searching for something, you know, and I think originally you go for the sort of really unhealthy stuff so you go for the for the promiscuity you know you go for the alcohol you go for the you know attention and all of that sort of thing you go for the unhealthy things that you think are going to make you happy and they do sort of make you happy in the short term and then as you get a little bit older and wiser you start looking you know what are the things that really really make us happy and all I can tell you is that I've had a really profound change in the past two years and and I genuinely thought I was never going to get better honestly like I've lived Mm. most of my adult life feeling empty inside Mm. feeling 
genuinely empty and, and mm. sad and just feeling that I was broken and that I would just always be like that. You know, I was codependent. I was mm. depressed. I was I was fucked up, you know, and I, I'm not saying that I'm perfect now, but it's like night and day. And if you speak to the people that know me, like my housemate, people who know me inside out, if you speak to my mother and mm. people in my family, they will tell you that going to do this therapy and taking a long, hard look at yourself, which is really difficult and then even more difficult, making a meaningful commitment to change. Mm. You know, it is one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my life. And it's the best thing that I've ever done. And it's, it's absolutely transformed my life and my relationships with people. And I think that you can see it in the output and the way that I talk publicly and the things that I, I put out. I think you can see it in, in my career. And I know that the people close to me can feel it in my interpersonal relationships. And I, mm. I really wanted to share that with people because I think there's a lot of people who are struggling, particularly at the moment. And the crucial moment for you was, because it, you you defined it a, a bit as a breakdown, but you also defined it as a diagnosis, right, of mm. borderline personality disorder. Yeah. Which is something that people don't talk about enough, which I know a bit about, but I'd love mm. for you to sort of explain, because I think it's one of those things that you you mentioned in the article that was so beautiful. You're like, like the penny dropped for you hearing what, when you were diagnosed with it. And I think that happens to a lot of people with mental health when someone actually says what's going on for them. It's such a massive step forward. I talk in the article about uh, Susanna Kazan, who wrote Girl Interrupted. Mm. And she, she I, I really respect her because she wrote the book to sort of shine a light on the patriarchal psychiatric community, you know, sort of situation in the 1960s that uh, sort of oppressed her. Because I think borderline personality disorder is something that's come with a lot of stigma with it those patients have often been seen as difficult and so we just sort of lock them up and they're sort of like there's no hope for them sort mm. of thing and 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 so for her it was a very stigmatizing thing but for me it was really different because actually I pushed for this diagnosis you know I, I was very clear I we felt that this applied to me my counsellor and she hooked me up with a psychiatrist who could actually give me a formal diagnosis Mm. which meant because I had that I was then able to go and access therapy on the NHS that was specifically tailored for people with my particular struggles because I find I find the name such a odd name because what are the hallmarks of borderline personality disorder because sometimes people just call it borderline don't they yeah so um we are looking at, um, I guess, extreme emotions, which can lead to extreme behaviours. Mm -hmm. We are particularly prone to self-harm, eating disorders. Um, it, I think one in 10 people with borderline personality disorder die of suicide. So mm. it's, it's wow. really serious and it is common. It's characterised by unstable interpersonal relationships distorted sense of self and perhaps most importantly struggling with mentalizing which is which is what my therapy was about mm -hmm. and I think mentalizing is um, pretty hard to define but I would say it's thinking about thinking which all therapy is in a way but mentalizing is about trying to see yourself as others see you 
mm. and trying to see other people as they see themselves. So this is something we all struggle with sometimes, particularly when emotions are running high, we're in an argument. And I mm. think people often, particularly people who are borderline, we go into sort of black and white thinking. I'm right, you're wrong. This is this, this is that. Rather than thinking, how is what I'm saying making you feel? Mm. How is my mood affecting the things that I'm saying? How is your mood affecting the things that you're saying? So you're mentalizing if you're in the middle of an argument and you recognize that you're both tired. And you stand back. Yeah, and you say, look, come on, we're both tired. Maybe this isn't the best time to be talking right. about this. Yeah. yeah, That's when you're mentalizing. Or I know that presses your button and so that's yeah. Kind of, yeah. So we all we all do it sometimes. And, and as I say in I the article, the you know, right? Well, but the thing is, you know, like just because you're an alcoholic doesn't mean that you shouldn't watch your drinking, right? Yeah. And, you know, you don't have to have depression, but be sad sometimes. Mm. But I think for borderline people, it's particularly difficult. And I think what I would compare it to, it's, it's almost a bit like if you're if you're grieving or you've just gone through a breakup or something like that, that you're kind of in like a heightened emotional state. And and so it makes it hard to sustain relationships with people. And it, and it just makes everything a little bit more difficult. Um, mm. So I'm, I'm really grateful that I've been able to get some insight on that. And I'd, I really want to talk about my friend. I don't know if I should say his name. So let's call him Jacob who I went to school with and I was speaking to an old school friend and and I said how's Jacob and she couldn't get hold of him because he didn't have his phone Mm -hmm. and he didn't he was in in the throes of uh heroin addiction so she Mm -hmm. didn't have an an address for for him or anything and thank god he's he's off off the heroin now and I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago and um it's really clear that because he's gay and it's really clear that he was traumatized in a very similar way to what I was growing up. And he was telling me, you know, we had two different schools that we'd have to walk between, depending on where our classes were. And he would say, I remember that walk from upper school to lower school and people staring at you and spitting at you and making you feel like there's something wrong with you. Mm. And I still have that when I walk down the street now. Mm. You know, and and I often think I spend a lot of time thinking about stuff. I spend a lot of time thinking about how did I become like this? You know, because I know that I've been screwed up. And sometimes I think, oh, God, are you just one of those people who's always got to be reading a self-help book? Always got to be trying a different therapy or something. And actually speaking to him, and I don't mean this in a patronizing way because I love him and I mean it in a really nice way. But he hasn't had that framework Mm. to understand the ways in which our childhood affected him Mm. and it made me realize that this isn't for nothing all of the learning that I've been doing isn't for nothing and if I can share it with other people because I think so many LGBT people are so deeply 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 traumatized and this is why we know we're much more likely to have drug addictions we're much more likely to be homeless to have eating disorders to, to be alcoholics, we know this, you know, we know this from Matthew Todd's book, Straight Jacket. Yeah. And, and I think we haven't wanted to talk about it because we've been politically wanting to present ourselves, you know, being being LGBT is normal, we're happy, and, and it is normal, but I think we also need to own the fact that we had very, 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 very difficult childhoods. Even kids who are coming up today mm. are having very difficult 
childhoods and what does that mean for us as adults and it's something that I spend so much time thinking about yeah apparently it means you're um you're it's called a seeker so I was talking to someone about this because I'm like that like I'm always in my Amazon save list is another self-help book and I'm like this one's the answer love a self-help book yeah and uh it's called being a seeker you're someone who always looks for an answer and I think when you're talking about your friend Jacob like it's interesting because I think everybody should know what you're describing is that your formative experiences create the person you are when you're older but actually a lot of LGBT people and many other minorities are denied that knowledge almost on purpose Mm. you know because you don't fit and you don't matter so therefore for you to go out and find those answers and then share them and be really honest and expose yourself is the most beautiful incredible thing you could ever do and Alan has done a ton of that as well with his Mm. life and it's just I just think there is no better purpose for being on this planet. And also how great that you were able to do that uh, thanks to the National Health Service. Yeah. Yes. That's also yes. amazing that that kind of, that is, because uh, there's always sort of this stigma about therapy and things. And there still is, especially in, in, in Britain. And um, But actually mm. I'm really heartened to hear that the National Health Service is, is, uh, doesn't have that stigma. I, I wanted to actually read you something that I read, you know, Pink, mm-hmm. uh, the yes. singer. She, I love her. I think she's just yeah, amazing. And I was on her Instagram the other day. I've just, because I've just been thinking a lot about this thing about therapy and we talk about it a lot and it's kind of, you know, there's sort of, it can seem, it's just in some quarters, oh, it's about white privilege, privilege and, that. And, and a lot of the time it is because it's sometimes, it, mm. you know, it costs yeah. money and yeah. people can't afford that. But yeah. uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that more and more it's accessible to more and more people. But I just wanted to see what, Ridley, what she said about therapy just the other day. She said, therapy isn't for weak people or hippies or liberals. It's for broken people that want to be whole. It's for Mm. runaways that want a family. It's a lesson on how to sit down and listen, how to love yourself so that the other person can too. Isn't that great? Yeah. I love that. I really, really love that. Yeah, she's an amazing person. Yeah, it's beautiful. I think like in absence of therapy, let's just say treatment that is about how your mind works. You know, Mm. fuck therapy is like this sort of thing happening in rich circles it's like treatment for how your mind works is really important and actually what people do a lot and we've all done is you use alcohol and things Mm. and drugs Mm. it's your treatment Mm. and it's like the alcohol and drugs is almost like having a high sugar diet and then you learn there's slow release Mm. carbs which is sitting Mm. down resting thinking Mm. about why do I do this what does this do for me when Mm. I go out and get fucked and the next day I feel really depressed and so then I end up having sex with someone that I didn't even want to you know it's 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 and we deserve to be shown that there's another way yeah Yeah. I think the thing with the with the lockdown and with COVID and everything I've I've noticed about how much more prevalent uh, people talking about uh, their mental health is and how important it is and it's Mm. something we're all in a situation where we're all we're all having to deal with the same um, kind of adversary, you know, being locked mm. up and be, having to be with people and be in situations that we maybe aren't all the time or don't want to be. And I think that's been one of the positive things about this, that we're all talking about our mental health much mm. more. Yeah, mm. yeah, I think so. And it's it's with you every day, isn't mm. it? You know, and I really yeah. don't, I, I really don't want this to come across as like, I'm a victim, blah, blah, blah. And I always preface this stuff with, my life is fabulous and not wallowing in the past quite the opposite actually you know I'm actually trying to reach a better place but it's like those experiences on some level I think are going to be with me for the rest of my life 
Absolutely. You know, and yeah. I, I can't, get, I can't get over them. You know, yeah. and so I want to understand them, and I want to. How can we just make life a little bit more pleasant? You know, that's mm-hmm. basically what 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 therapy is about. If you're lucky enough to 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 access it, and and you're right about the NHS, and you know, there's there's so much stuff for us to be proud of in this country, and there's there's you know, I'm actually quite patriotic, and I believe that there's a Britain worth fighting for. I'm so disappointed at the direction that we've taken, and. I look at my sort of, you know, uh, friends in the States, particularly trans people, particularly LGBT people who don't have access mm. to, to, to to therapy in the way that, that we might. And it's, you know, it's, it can be a struggle to, to access it here, frankly. Mm. And I, 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 my heart breaks for them, you know, mm. because yeah. I, I know, you know, I know what a benefit it can give to people. But there is stuff that you can do. There is support groups that you can join there are there are self-help books you know and and just reading and we've got so much information now that you know I just I would encourage everybody to just sort of you know work on your soul because here's the thing you know like we all deserve to be happy you know I I I haven't done anything wrong Mm, you know I've, I've made mistakes in my life and I put my hands up and I own that you know but it's like I was a child you know, and, and it's like if you have a, a, a plant that's growing one way and it's got the lights coming, it's going to grow in a certain direction towards the light. You know, mm. and we know that if children experience trauma and they experience shame, toxic shame when they're growing up, then it manifests in these ways later on in life. You know, when, when you've when you're laying the blueprint for your your brain and your personality and who you're going to be mm. if the blueprint is askew that's yeah, going to show up later right so Absolutely. it's just it's very 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 basic you know and, and we can fix it we can we we can get better we can live better and we can be kinder and and and, and better people and we don't actually have to be victims of our past forever yeah i, I really and, believe that i have to believe that oh i think it's absolutely true that's something you know you said something earlier i think it's uh, that showed that that you know it's not i think when people f- start to realize that you know that we're all we are uh, so affected by incidents that have happened to us in our formative years, you think, why, you know, you sort of think, why has this happened to me? Why did this happen to me? And actually what ultimately what you said about this whole thing about with trolls and you, you don't, you don't sort of think, or you ask, or you think, gosh, you're really unhappy. What I think mm-hmm. we get the place we get to is what is it about our society that made the people who did this behave in the way they did. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's yeah. actually yeah. A, a more yeah. positive way to think mm. about it in terms of I am you are the victim and the repository of those things but why did yeah. those things why did they feel they could do those things or why were they conditioned just to do them to be uh, like that and that I think is where we've got to go mm. off the back of that can I recommend a book which is called the oh, yeah. um it's called the compassionate mind by mm. I think he I think he's called Paul Gilbert mm-hmm. and uh, it's great it's backed up with a lot of evidence and he's basically calling for kindness and he talks about the fact that we live in you know we have these traits some of them are competitiveness some of them are selfishness but we also have altruism we also have kindness and we have Mm. a mixture of these traits and these are all useful traits for human beings right you know at at different points but we're living in a society that encourages 
just the selfishness and the competitiveness and the mm. ruthlessness mm. and it sort of dampens down and it, I am so over it like I don't just do things for money you know I don't just do things to sort of get ahead and sort of mm. win and, and we, we are in the system that teaches people that that's all that matters and and I and I think that you know it's really hard to go against that when the whole system is 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 basically set up to make a very small number of people very 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 rich and a very large number of people very unhappy When you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping Kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time Kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply yeah and so, you, I recommend you wanna, that. the other thing just on the therapy tip is there's two accounts that i think are amazing which is at gay therapist um who we have interviewed on this this here podcast then nedra tawab as well she has like lightning conducted 10 years of learnings into like 100 instagram posts i just think she's amazing, amazing. oh i love amazing. when people do that Paris, I wanted to ask you because I'm, I'm the way you're talking about, you know, that we these things have affected us and things from our past, and you know, we're all a. I sort of think, you know, if you're happy now, that like you obviously are, and I feel this too that you know, I then you can't really regret things that have happened to you because in a way they've they've all made you the person that you are. Obviously, there's some things that weren't pleasant, and and I would rather they hadn't happened, but actually, I can now see. Oh well. That made me do this, and this is, and then I, and now I'm this person. So if you're happy in the now, you can't really want to fiddle with the formula, you know. So I'm curious about whether that's meant that you've kept in touch. So you talked about your school friends, but I'm wondering, like, you know, you you had a sort of rough spell, and you spent some time in prison and stuff like that. Do you do you keep um, up with people from that time in your life? Um, I I do I do speak to one or two, and I think. Uh, just just to come to your your point about you know how the past sort of leads us to where we're at now I think for me you know like if you've had a bad day and you have a cake because that's your self-care right mm-hmm. I I have realized that I have had to make my life supernaturally fabulous and it, and, and it, that is an act of self-care you know because mm-hmm. I was so unhappy then that I've basically looked at the situation and said, I, I have to make myself my life so like ridiculously wonderful now that it will make that that it will make it all worth it. But but I can't say that I don't. I, I think I do regret it actually, and I, I think I, I think I you know I do I do wish that it had been different when I was a teenager definitely. Um, but do I keep in touch with people? Not really, no. Because I kind of when I I sort of cut. I, I guess I sort of cut ties with everybody from my hometown I mean I moved out when I was 16 as soon as I was able and then didn't really go back and it's been quite interesting sort of reconnecting with that part of my life whilst writing my book I mean literally going back to live there in my head and I actually spent a month in my hometown it's so interesting to me because I realized that I'm able to sort of go to the shop like a person mm-hmm. right 
and it's okay for me to walk down the street. I don't know if that's being older or if that's just feeling more comfortable in my own skin or because things have changed or because I've got the words to articulate myself if anybody was to say something to me, which I don't think they would at this point, you know. Um, But it it just made me realise that I didn't feel safe the whole time that I was a kid. Mm. I I didn't feel safe. And so it's really weird going back to that world and actually feeling like a proper person now, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and it's, and it's, and it's allowed me to sort of embrace people from my past again, you know, even people who may not have been there for me, who should have been there for me in the way that I needed them to be, mm. you know? So I, I have a good relationship with a lot of people in my family now, you know, I've reconnected with my father. I do speak to my best friend from school, reconnected with Jacob as well, you know. So that's been really nice that I feel that I can I can go back and revisit that now and 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 I and I do think that it's sort of a process of of making sense of it. And and actually and I know this sounds like a lot of psychobabble, but it, it's occurred to me recently actually that that the learning French is something to do with this because I've realized we didn't do foreign languages until secondary school. Right. So so I did German in year seven and we mm-hmm. didn't start French until year eight. And I've realized, why is it that I've gone back to study the French? Well, there's lots of things. I, I love the French culture, but actually it's taking me back to that 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 little three, four year period of my life during puberty that was so difficult for me. And I loved languages at school and I wasn't able to pursue them and, and, and be the best that I could be because I was so desperately unhappy and I was so lacking in support. Mm. And Well, you weren't allowed to just be a kid. I wasn't allowed to just be a kid and I was I was unhappy and I was going out and I was having sex with people for money when I was 14. I was taking drugs, you know, I was, and so I wasn't studying. And so I've always really regretted that because I've always wanted to speak French. And I think that recently I've realised I'm not that kid anymore. And I'm in a good place now and I can learn French now. So in a way, I feel like I'm still dealing with 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 all of that. On, on some level, you know, there is a different version of me who was who was born cisgender, you know, who was a real girl, quote unquote, who lives in my hometown, is married to a guy that I went to school with, has two kids, live next door to, to my family, you know, the neighbours babysits, who has maybe a slightly less eventful life than I have now. Mm who is maybe possibly happier but who knows because there's a lot of people in my hometown who are unhappy but I do think about that person a lot I do what would you say to her if you met her oh I don't know I guess I would say the grass is always greener on the other side (laughs) yeah because 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 I do know people who are unhappy in my hometown Mm. I know people who feel trapped in their marriages who are on antidepressants, you know, that's not uncommon. So, you know, I I do look at people I went to school with and I think, well, hang on, we're getting to an age now where you've got cars, people are starting to buy their first houses, they've got kids. And I could look at that and think, well, I don't have any of that stuff. But they could look at me and think, oh, well, she's doing this and she's on the television and how does she know these people and all the rest of it. So um, I, I, I try to be really grateful for what I've got and I think what I've got at the moment is freedom 
actually. And and maybe I'll have those other things too. But I think I do want those things. And I think maybe when I when I first came to London, I think I was sort of very, you know, oh, I got away from the small town and I go to parties with celebrities, you know, I work in the media and I'm cool. And now I've realized, well, actually it's it's kind of cool having close relationships with with your family and it's kind of cool you know having a beautiful home you know and 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 the things that really sort of matter and I think that coronavirus has made us all of us take a second look at what's really important in life really and and I I I do feel very warm towards my hometown and I feel a lot warmer to to the people that I I I went to school with and I I also recognize actually that you know I was the one that was different. I don't think people knew what to do with 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 a kid like me. And I think it's very difficult to sort of be gracious and empathise with people whilst they're abusing you, right? Mm, yeah. But I, I think that's probably the greatest privilege that I enjoy. And I want every trans person to have this, is to be so happy and so validated, to have so much love and meaning in your life that you can afford to be gracious, I think that's the ultimate luxury because I don't think a lot of trans people have that, you know, mm. and, and I, I feel that I can finally afford to be the bigger person and be gracious. And I've lived my whole life, you know, beg, stealing, borrowing to get to where I am and, and having these like, you know, thinking I have to be a bitch, you know, you're not going to walk over me. I'm going to walk over you because these are defense mechanisms. And I see so many people like clinging to these defense mechanisms. It's a pity because I think how many people in my hometown could I have strong relationships with now if, if things have been different? And it, and it makes me sad. It does make me sad. I do think that one of the LGBT people and beyond will always have life in a slightly funny order. And yes, I think that yeah. I, you know, I think that upsetting of the equilibrium is what makes life interesting and so you're learning French right. now when all the other kids who didn't have to have a complete base level existential crisis when they woke up in the morning yeah that that means that they could just sit in French and learn it and it know? also feels like you're making peace at that time oh it's so lovely to hear that yeah but one thing I was I just wanted to ask you is that you mentioned about how you've made this fabulous life. you sort of had to make a fabulous life to sort of counter Mm. Yes. Uh, yeah. The darkness of of your of your past and of your childhood and stuff and things that happened to you. Yeah. I'm wondering that's a lot of pressure, isn't it? Is there not a lot of pressure that you feel to kind of keep this fabulous life? To kind of is there not a, some way you can? Well, I mean, in, in a way, you're sort of saying you're gonna you're kind of stepping back now from your fabulous life. You're going to go and hide in France and do. I'm just curious about that comment though, because it sort of seems to me that it's a lot of pressure you're putting on yourself. Well, the, the the thing is, that, and I, I really don't, I don't want to sound like I'm I'm this big victim when I sit around wallowing in the past, but I, on, I literally cannot tell you how unhappy I was as a child. I just desperately wanted to be loved and accepted by everybody. We all need that, right? You know, and I cannot accept that it, that, that that was my life. I just I cannot accept it. I've got to put so much good into my life. That it, that it that 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 bit is like okay that's that's fine that's that as a percentage of my whole life that that is mm. now like a, a mm. small percentage if, if that makes sense yeah and so I, I yeah I and, and so I do I do feel that 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 pressure actually and I think it's, it's interesting what you say because that's happened so many times in my life you know for instance I grew up feeling you know being told that I was ugly that you know you'll never you'll never be a girl you'll never look like a real girl 
Wow. You know, and I, I thought that I thought that I could never, never look good. I grew up feeling like I would never be pretty. Yeah. And then, you know, fast forward like 10, 15 years, I'm I'm in a Pantene campaign and I look great. And I don't You're mean that gorgeous, to be arrogant. Yeah. I don't mean that to be arrogant, but it's very interesting to me that a, a lot of the things that I thought I wouldn't get and just weren't on the table mm. for me at all. Mm. No, it takes me a lot longer to get them, but mm. then I get them like tenfold. <laughs> you know, it's like I didn't think. You know, I didn't. People, can I tell you, People didn't want to sit next to me at school. They really? didn't want to. They didn't want to walk home with me. I didn't get invited to parties. I didn't go on school trips. Mm. And now I basically get paid to go around talking about myself. And I've got all of these <laughs> followers online. You know, so it's like I thought I would never be popular. Now I'm popular. And so it's yes. it's and so. You know, there is a part of the things. Oh, God, maybe it's just going to be too complicated for me to have children and a home and all the rest of it. But judging on ju- judging by the sort of trajectory that my life's taken, I'll probably have like seven children and live in the most amazing house ever. But it will be like another ten years before I do it. You know, well, so this French man's chateau, by the sounds of things. Oh <laughs> my God, I'm so I'm so ready for it. You, you deserve all of this stuff, and every Absolutely. single person on this planet deserves all of the most wonderful things and love and all of that and I think in a way it sounds to me like you're you know we're using the word like fabulous life but sounds to me like you're like you're stepping away from it and like seeing it like standing back from it and but well maybe like what your assessment of what fabulous is is changing you know right like love love a, a thing you were not allowed to have which is just a loving relationship with members of your family and your local community yeah. It's actually pretty fabulous because if you're starved of it, it's very alienating and it's not nice. Yeah. And you feel constantly like I, I used to describe being at school is feeling like I constantly felt like I was behind enemy lines. That's what I Right, right, you right. Know? Like you're like, a pariah that you're marked out, that everyone's against you. I am meant to be here. Like this yeah. is not meant yeah. to be happening, but yeah. I've got to go yeah. here. I have yeah. to arrive at nine and I leave at four. And yeah. I'm not allowed to tell anyone I don't want to be here. You know, like look at that breaks my heart. But look at you both. Look at us all. Look at all three of us now who sitting here talking about ourselves. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but also uh, are meant to be here and are part of the conversation and are able. Hopefully, you know, the biggest thing I think is to pass it on. Is to let take these lessons. Yes. and to yeah. help people yeah. who are in that situation. And you know it does get better and it can it can get better and we just yes, need to help yeah. ensure that it does get better and the more yeah. people share about their own experiences like you do alan like what this podcast is for and like you do paris with your articles and everything your writing and everything the better it will get thank you paris it's been thank really you so much you're and just I'm amazing so i'm so excited to find out about your uh french speaking destination and your next the next chapter in your life i i will yeah. i will write about it down oh, the line i don't don't right, feel like so. i made many jokes i thought i was going to come on and be really witty and then we started just getting like really deep so i love that that's just it's like a chat a right. conversation yeah good yeah good. sue perkins said this is basically three-way therapy and i was like i think it is love right. it i'm i'm so i'm so up for it and i just yeah it's 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 very liberating actually and empowering to you know oh, to deal so with nice. it because i just don't think lgbt people get to talk about it do they and thank you for giving me the the space to do that and the intelligent questions so 
thank you very thank much you. It's really lovely that's, that was you. to Alan that bit I'm the one who said do not miss cook remember <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It's so funny to hear someone who I am such a massive fan of Paris's and then to hear them talk so much about how she didn't think she was all these things when I just think she is all those things she's describing. You know, she's amazing and she's witty and clever and funny and should be valued beyond all belief. But I think she thinks she's those things now. I think, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Thing- but I mean, as in back then, she never felt like she right. could be it. I suppose. No, you think you imagine she would always heard that. I think it's you know it was it's a it was a fascinating chat, and I think it's just for all of us. I think we were reminded how much we are damaged by our formative experiences, and how much that uh, damage can permeate into our lives you know for forever and it's just really important to remember that and to try and make peace with that and to try and uh deal with it and, and make sense of it i think it's you know it's it's a bit sort of like duh but also you know that's what sort of, so i'll take away from that um, and i always feel you know like with my childhood and things happened to me and like even you know stuff with my father i i actually think my writing the book that i wrote about him in some way, I foolishly thought that would kind of exercise him and I would think about him more. And I actually think about him all the time now. And, it's actually, and I think I should. And I think that's what's, you know, we should be in touch with our children. I'm really glad to hear that Paris is going back and sort of spending more time in our hometown and talking to people from that mm. time. It's because that's, that's, that's where we're from. And that's, there's so much, there's so many answers to that. Yeah. And I think actually the fact that I sort of dug up my father and really explored him and, tried to make sense of him was a really positive thing for me and but and it's actually made him be more present in my life yeah and of course so it's so he should be and I think that's I don't know it was just it kind of reminded me how important it is and how we all need to look back and also all, always need to kind of carry that denying things happen is never going to get anyone anywhere. no I think once you can uh, allow yourself to reflect on an experience I feel like it's like almost um this is such a ridiculous analogy, so please feel free to be bored, listeners. But it's almost like making pottery. If you can feel the edges of it, only then can you let it recede and go away. And and until you do that... Because I'm laughing at <laughs> I'm remembering you know your pots that were made during lockdown. Alan, I'm sitting well. opposite one, actually. Look. Let's see. Let's have a look at it. Let me just, I'll describe it. Get any, getting any better? <laughs> Um, oh gosh it's like a it's like a light shade it's like a you know what it's like mm-hmm. it's like a light uh shade one of those sort of industrial shades in a kind of factory mm-hmm. that has had um tread very kind of very nuclear, carefully nuclear on it tread very carefully my friend <laughs> <laughs> no that looks great that's a real improvement on the ones i saw earlier oh, okay all right <laughs> wind your neck in <laughs> no they were that, that that's my finest out that's why i showed it to you that's really um, good yeah, look, mug off my poetry, poetry, pottery analogy. But I think acknowledging your past and understanding that it was difficult is uh, something we're not afforded enough. And I love Paris yeah. and she is. Um, yeah, I thought she's really great and lovely. And I really, I really, I love that she's got a plan. Yes. Because actually she was talking about, it's interesting. She was kind of like contradicting herself a little bit, I thought sometimes, but, but, but in that you know, she's talking about how she has all these followers and how that's validating and how all these things and about this sort of life she's created in reaction to that. But then she's also saying she wants to step away from that and it's, it's, it's too much and it doesn't, you know, she can see it, she can stand back from it and see that it's not um, as valuable as we should 
are encouraged to think it mm. is. And she's going to go and cut off from all that for a while and go and live in the French countryside and all that. So I, I actually think her journey, her trajectory is really fascinating and healthy that she's going off to do that and then will pop back when she wants to on her own terms mm. and, uh, and, and take part in it again. And I think that's actually, that's something I'd like to do more of. I'd like to be a little more, you know, if, uh, this thing when, you, when it comes up on your phone and tells you how many hours you've been on the phone. <laughs> so I'm always full of dread when that happens. Uh, I said, so do you have it set to on? I'd, I just hide it. I don't know. I don't know. It just does it. I mean, I don't know. I'd have to ask Matt, my assistant, to tell me how to stop it. But... Yeah, there's things like that that are kind of horrifying. And just that thing you think, I'm going to the loo, I'll take my phone. Why do you need your phone when you go to the loo? Do you know what I mean? But you can well, if you're having a poo, I mean, what else are you going to do? Well, you could think about things. <laughs> there is that. I don't want to do that. There's that thinking yeah. or reading. Oof. Anyway, hmm. um, we'd love to hear what you thought of Paris's chat. And you can uh, contact us and tell us what you thought by uh, emailing us at uh, hello at homosapienspodcast.com yep and if you want to get in touch on Instagram it's at homosapiens if you want to review us you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review and then you might be able to win a t-shirt if we read it out on Homo Sapiens Extra and pick review of the week yeah, and that would be exciting you should it? subscribe or you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts too and if you want to buy a t-shirt or a lovely um, sweatshirt which is my particular favourite item of the uh, Homo Sapiens merch then uh, you can do that at uh, everpress.com forward slash homo sapiens and so we'll see you next week I've got some pottery to do so <laughs> I, yeah, I best get on itching to get your hands <laughs> alright everybody take care thanks so much bye powered by spirit studios